0: Hello and welcome to Design Education Talks, the collaboration with the New Art School and Design Podcast. Our guest today is Tash Wilcox. Welcome, Tash. Hello. It's fantastic to have you here. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So tell us about you and your work.
1: Um, So my my work sort of chops into quite a few sections and I think I'm one of these people that is, I think there's a Phrase called jack of all trades, trades master of none. Um, However, uh, the four sort of main spaces are, uh, I work with snook which is a multidisciplinary studio and i'm the head of learning design there and we work in mainly service design but we go from end to end so we do full stack design and we work a lot in government and the public sector so that we're known for that in uh, the uk and beyond i really like the fact that Hyper Island, which is another company that I work with, uh, which is a creative business school, the students used to say Snook was the OG of the service design world, uh, which used to make me happy. Um, so I used to be the director of masters at Hyper Island. I oversaw all of the masters except for the ones in the Singapore. And like I said, it's a uh, creative business school that's international. And I left there, I think about six months ago now. Really loved working there, but a new challenge came up, so I thought I'd hop away. But there's a saying that you can't leave Hyper Island, and they've made that a fact. So I actually, as much as I've left Hyper Island, I'm still part of it, and they made me an honorary fellow. And what that includes is I'm on their academic board, and I'm still in contact with a lot of the alumni as well, which is a pleasure. Two more sections coming. So those those are my sort of like more professional Personally, I work with somebody called Jenny Theolon and we actually met through a talk that she did, I think about maybe six, seven years ago, which I'd drawn the poster for and she came to say she liked the poster. We did a few little things together, ending up working at Hyper Island together, but we've actually started something called Design Education. It's not this, it's a separate Design Education, um, which is a platform where educators and industry can come together and have a really nice free form dialogue and help each other and push what the design education looks like really. So it's nice at the minute it's in a growth stage. Uh, it's mainly a Slack with some forums and workshops, but we've got 500, 500 plus people on there and it's quite nice. It's interactive. I really love the fact that if people shout for help and go, have you tried this workshop? People actually answer. So it's not one of those Slack spheres where people sort of join and then nobody answers anything for five months and my final space is something called Mundana day but it's actually sort of changed since then which was uh, eight years ago I was working with final year graphic design students and they'd got to that point and people listening might know it that they're on their final major project and Week for week, you're like, so what have you done? I'm really excited to see it. Show me your research. And they're like, so I've been thinking. And you're like, come on. And this sounds awful to say on an education thing. Stop thinking and start doing. Exactly. And we we had a chat and I went, right. I've always wanted to do hand lettering. I'd, I hadn't done it. I've always really loved hand lettering. And I went, I'm going to do one piece of hand lettering a day. and we'll, I'll do it in sort of union with with all of you I'll do it as my final major project if I can do this on top of my job you can do it and that's exactly what I did and eight years later I am still doing one drawing a day and it's kind of developed into its own thing so at the minute I'm running something called Ace Any Age which is highlighting ageism it's slightly in the design industry but it sort of goes wider which really highlights um Marie Wilson's You can't be what you can't see. So it's about, you know, evidencing. There's some incredible humans out there who are over the age of 50 doing fantastic things. They might even be on their third career. You don't have to go and sleep in a shoebox as soon as you hit 50. So, um, yep, I'm running that as part of it. I've done things like TEDx talks. I've uh, sung live at one talk in front of 200 people, which was a bit of a stretch zone. That was a cappella. I have, I've got a branded phone in China. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically sort of developed into a lot of different threads. So that's, that's kind of, I hate the word side hustle, but that's Mm. the only word that's coming into my head, Mm. but that's, Mm. that's my sort of side thing.
0: So these are the projects you're currently working on. Any, any, anything else that, that, that within those, those areas?
1: I don't think so okay. so okay. At, the, at the minute with snook so being new to snook it's like my main focus is designing and sort of designing and developing their training and learning area uh so yeah that that's sort of a huge focus at the, yeah. the moment yeah. of yeah. and it's it's called with snook so it'd be workshop with snook learn with snook prototype with snook
0: yeah absolutely so how did you get into teaching
1: I am one of those people that never wanted to be a teacher and fell into teaching. Uh, it felt like I sort of fell from the sky. I, so I finished my master's in Manchester. And I think at that point my aim was, was actually, no, I finished my degree, moved to Manchester. And I think my aim was to move to London because it's paved with gold and everything was going to be magic. And, uh, I ended up in Manchester after studying in Liverpool, did a master's there, loved the city, fell in love with it and was like, okay, what do I want to do? So when I finished my master's, I actually started working in a venue and uh, ended up running the venue called Night and Day, which was amazing. And I actually bizarrely got a lot of graphic design music industry work from working there and sort of meeting people. And the university came and said would you mind Salford University came to me and said can you do a little bit of technical teaching so basically illustrator photoshop etc etc and this sounds quite cutthroat I needed the money and to pay off my student debt so I was like yep that sounds great um I was People don't believe this. I was quite shy at the time. So it was actually a massive stretch. And I'd been quite a precocious kid, done a lot of drama stuff, but I'd had it beaten out of me a little bit. So this for me was a huge step. And also going into a classroom where students are not far off your age, like a lot of the students were 19, 20s, and I was 20, 20, I think I was 22 at the time. And I'm quite small. I'm like five foot. I looked about 12. Most of them just thought I was joking. So trying to go, no, I am your tutor. This is happening. But I've got to say it's one of the best choices I ever made. Uh, I really found a passion in it. I buzzed off talking to people. I buzzed off the interactions. I, within, I think within a month I'd managed to get one of the bands that I knew from the venue to give a live brief so we could actually work on the brief, on the text, text stuff so that they weren't just doing Put this circle into this and da-da-da-da. So it was a bit more exciting. And, um, yeah, it was – the students responded really well. I got them all free into a venue one night and said, you know, just – this is going back about 20 years, so, like, just – I am not responsible for you, <laughs> sort of like you're old enough to look after yourselves. But they met the band, they got to take photos, they got to do interviews, and I think that sparked some magic in me, where I was like, oh, live briefs, learn by doing, sort of get live feedback off the customers rather than having a academic sort of brief. So that that yeah, 22 landed into it, and then kind of did more and more and more until I was permanent by the age of
0: 30. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's a pretty challenging time for uh, students and, and teachers right now and lecturers. Yep. Uh, how how do you see, uh, what would be your advice to, to the to students that right now say, okay, you know, I am about to graduate or I'm in education. I don't have the possibility of easily uh, getting some experience. Like mm-hmm. in, in a physical in a physical environment, I have to go straight into uh, freelancing. I mean, or at least working from you know, for, for online. Yeah. So, what would be your advice for current students and graduates uh, for for uh, for employability, employment skills, and, and their path to, to employment?
1: Yeah, I think so. If they could ask, I'm going in two directions yeah, with this. So, number one. If you're in a company and you're joining remotely and you're a junior, don't be afraid to have a bit of a voice. So on Slack, don't be afraid to communicate online. It is super easy to disappear. It's super easy to not be seen in a company. And I think juniors sometimes feel like, oh, well, I I shouldn't talk too much. Um, If you can, and if the company's got it, have like a check-in channel. Don't be afraid to sort of like put up, this is what I learned today. Have a work in progress channel and sort of help people go, you know, I'd really love to see what you're doing. Uh, Pairing as well. We do, um, we do and are doing more of, we do pairing at Snook. And I think if they're not doing that at your company, just ask. If you don't ask, you do not get. And Mm. I think sometimes... It's like, oh, well, I can't ask that. It, as long as you ask in a really polite, clear, this is what I would like to do because X, Y, Z, they're probably not going to say no because, you know, that will upskill you. That will train you. It's great for you. It's great for them. If they say no, it's fine. Grow a thick skin. That's one thing I learned very fast. Grow a sort of, it is impossible to insult me. Like, it's almost a joke with my friends. <laughs> Like I take, I will take insults as compliments, um, and feedback. Sort of hunt feedback. Don't wait for people to feedback to you. Ask. I always say broadly, as in from you know as high up as you can to different people. Hunt down feedback and ask for it. Don't wait for it. And again, people, people will sort of embrace that hopefully and they'll see that you're trying to learn and ask for specific feedback don't just go can you give me some feedback on how i am it's a bit too baggy but if you go today we worked together online on the Miro board yeah. and i did xyz could i get some feedback on yeah. that you know most people can think of something so they could you know again it's giving you that visibility so be visible don't be annoying i'm annoying but be visible <laughs> um, I mean I've been around for a long time I'm allowed to be annoying um but the other side I think again it's about over communication and visibility mm-hmm. Leila Van Robusten uh, is an alumni from Hyper Island on the masters and she works she's the head of culture at Mural now and it always uh-huh. it embedded in my head she was she's always been working in remote she did her masters on it and uh she always says one of the key things to being remote is over communicating because so much is lost right. in not but, being in the room. But
0: what about the stage where before they reach the company stage? That's like-
1: where I was getting, I was getting there. Don't okay. worry. No, no. Just, just, just. <laughs> You're like, stick on the point. So I think it's over communication again. Don't be afraid to put your work out there. So earlier I was talking about mundane a day. I do one Instagram post a day mm. and see how big that's grown. And it's about being constant. So put something out, find a time, get it out there. Don't be afraid to add a few people. So on Twitter, like watch conversations, find, go on LinkedIn and find the job that you would love to do and then track back, how did they get there? Then find the people sort of on that run. Don't, you know, don't stop there, start on that run. Find them on Twitter. Watch the conversations, get a good feel for it, and then join that conversation. I don't particularly like it when somebody just comes and asks me for something. If they come with a bit of a present, which is, I read this article on learning design. It's super cool. Would you like to read it? I'm like, oh, yeah, you've got my attention. And then go, by the way, I'm looking for X, Y, Z. And I know it feels a bit sneaky, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's just be like be interested. Yeah. Yeah, in the course. subject, and show how passionate and well, how interested. It's you also are.
0: it's also online social skills. It's just like offline yeah. social skills. It's not much different. Yes.
1: Mm. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's it sounds so obvious, but people don't do
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. If you had the magic wand and there was no limitation, uh, would you do it? What would you do in, different in design education? What would you change, or what would you keep the same?
1: Uh, Okay, nothing's perfect, and Mm -hmm. everything can be improved. Mm -hmm. So, it's quite a lot I'd change. Mm. I think I'm a big Ken Robinson fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people in education are. So, I think I would break the silos, um, and I'm going like that's back into primary and secondary school. Um, There's a thing called the Eleven Plus in the UK. I wouldn't have that. I'd get rid of that. Um, there's going to be a lot of complaints about that, but I think judging eleven-year-olds so severely—who, uh, no,
0: of course—you
1: uh, know, the kids. What about um, higher so
0: education?
1: I think break the silos again. Mm. So we have universities and masters, and I think it doesn't promote lifelong learning. I feel. That, and this is not all, don't get me wrong, there's loads and loads of good examples out there. But I feel there's a little bit of a, okay, I'm 18, I need to go to university. And it's really pushed at that age group as well, the advertising, the sort of like where it's pushed out. I'm 18, I must go to university. <sighs> must you? Could you just get a bit of life experience first? And or just save up to go to university, sort of like have a bit of life. And in fact, go and do really awful job that makes you go okay I don't want to do that for my, the rest of my life um and yeah makes you appreciate what you you can achieve if you put yourself through education so when you get there you grab it and you get the most out of it and again I am not saying that 18 year olds don't do that but I do feel like sometimes, they slide in at 18 because that's the expectation of the parents. That's what you do. You finish school. It's the next step. And I don't think, I think society sets it up that way. Um, and then you kind of finish your learning block. You might do a master's, but then you finish. And then it's like, finish, never need to do education again because I did my block of education. And it's, it's ridiculous. That means And the next 60 years, I won't do any education. So I think... Yeah, just really, really encourage lifelong learning. Break that silo of learning. Have loads and loads of diverse age groups and sort of like people in there. Um, Make it more accessible for different people. I think, again, it's becoming more and more expensive and it's cutting so many people out. Uh, You're probably wanting more. And, right, so I'll get into it. I think more learn by doing less didactic. I think there's a space for didactic. Um, I think, Oh, I had something in my head. Uh, just mixing cohorts as well. I think I, I, this might be happening now, but when I was at the universities there was quite a few times where I reached out to different departments. So I went to the nursing department and we did a brief with them, but we didn't do a brief with the students. And I was like, come on, imagine if the design students and the nursing and the maternities, uh, the midwifery students got together. So more, more of that. I do see little spots of it opening up. Yeah, so basically any walls that exist, break them down and let people mix in different ways and different learning ways.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. How can our viewers and listeners find you?
1: Um, So I basically, you can go Tash Wilcox. So it's at Tash Wilcox, T-A-S-H-W-I-L-L-C-O-C-K-S. That's on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Don't contact me on Facebook. I really don't go go on there. Um, I'm on there. I have a presence Uh, probably those are the main three that I interact on. And I've just started a Twitter list for service design um, on Twitter. So if you want to follow that, I'm adding daily because I just keep getting reams and reams of people just going, these are amazing people. So I expect there will be more lists
0: in the flow. What advice would you like to leave us with?
1: I think for students, if you don't ask you don't get. And I know that's the most simple piece of uh, advice. I'm going to give three. If you don't ask, you don't get. So ask, just always ask politely and following up that. Grow thick skin. If people say no to you, it's because they're busy. If they don't get back to you, they're busy. That is not them. They they don't even know you. They're not having a go at you. So just be fine with it. Just move on to the next thing or send them another email. Never be afraid to follow up. Um And... I'm just going to repeat that. You can't be what you can't see. And I am going to say about the age thing a little bit. If you're a 60 year old sat listening to this going, I'm too old for education. You're not. Nobody is too old for education. Everybody benefits from it. And having you in the room will benefit every student in the room. So like everybody, everybody should think about What do I want to learn? How do I want to learn it? And where do I want to learn it? But it's never too late.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming. And we'll hope to see you in the Design Education Forum this uh, November. And uh, have a fantastic day.
1: Cool. Thank Thank you.
0: Okay. Let me just stop.